You're listening to the Princeton Bible Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live out the simple truth of loving God, loving people, and serving others. Visit us on the web at PrincetonBibleChurch.org or any Sunday at 10 a.m. on the campus of Westminster Choir College in Princeton, New Jersey. You guys ready to grow and willing to change? Awesome. Hey, before we get into the message this morning, and they're going to kill me for doing this, but I don't care. My parents are with us this morning, and uh, they are just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. So let's uh, give them a hand. All right. I'll hear about that later. That's okay. Hope everybody's well today. Thanks for joining us on kind of a rainy Sunday, but we're glad you're here. Somebody last week caught me after service and they said uh, something that kind of struck me and it stuck with me and I wanted to share it with you because I thought it was a pretty good thought and that was this. We've been talking about worry for the last couple of weeks and they said this, you know, worry is a commodity. Worry is something that the world wants us to do and they're all the time pushing that agenda. Now think about that for a second. The world wants us to worry because it causes us to move in some way. It may cause us to purchase a particular product or service. It may cause us to vote on a particular piece of legislation. It may cause us to get involved in some movement that's going on. All the time, I mean, think about your life. I know in my life, if, if I'm not, if I'm not worried that my car is going to break down, I won't buy the extended warranty. But if, if they somehow convince me that they're going to save me thousands of dollars by me giving them thousands of dollars, then I'll buy the extended warranty on the car. If, if I'm not worried about myself being disabled in an automobile accident, I'm not going to buy disability insurance. But if I'm worried about that, then I'll buy it. If, if I'm not worried that I have bad breath, I'm not buying the Tic Tacs, right? I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm good. All right. It's, it's that type of thing that the world is always pushing at us. They're, they're trying to get us to worry because if we worry, then we move in some way, whether it's buying something or getting involved in something. And so we have to know that that is going to be the push, that we're going to be tempted to worry all the time about something. So how do we battle that? How do we move past that? How do we get to the place in our life where we can live by the motto, no worries, where we can live a worry-free life. I've, I've kind of thrown it out there each of the three weeks we've talked about this. Is that even reasonable? Is that even possible to live a life where we are worry-free? I think it is. In fact, I would submit to you that that is exactly where God wants us to live. In this life, he desires for us to be worry-free. We weren't built to worry. And yet we do it all the time and it does us tremendous harm physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. And so we need to learn how to battle that. And we've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. We've seen that if I'm going to overcome worry in my life, I've got to make sure that my priorities are right. When my priorities get out of whack and I begin to focus on things other than God is my number one, I'm going to begin to worry in my life. Matthew 6 tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he says, all these things, all these worldly things that you're worried about, they'll be, they'll be taken care of. They'll be added unto you. And so God desires for us to put him first. If he's on the throne of my heart, so to speak, 
then my worry is going to be in its proper place. We also saw last week that I need to adjust the way I pray. It's not enough just to throw up my needless to God, but I need to cast my cares or my worries, my anxiety upon him and leave it there. So oftentimes we're guilty of casting our care to him. God, I've got this going on. I'm worried about this. God, help me with this situation. And then when we get off our knees, we unfold our hands, we say amen, we take it right back with us. And we begin to worry about it all over again. And so we need to cast that on him. First Peter 5, 7 says that. Casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares desires for us to pray in the right way. And then today... In our final week of this series that we're calling No Worries, we're going to be talking about looking at life with the proper perspective. Perspective in life is everything. And so oftentimes we're guilty of having the wrong perspective on life. And if we can begin to look at life the way God desires for us to look at it, I think it'll help us when it comes to worry. Most of you know me, uh, know that uh, I've been an athlete my whole life. I played basketball. Growing up, I played it in, in high school. I played it in college. And so last week we had bowling balls. This week we've got basketballs, okay? We're just moving down the uh, sports arena. I love it in here because this floor is like a basketball court. But when I was in high school, we'd come into practice. We'd get out of school. We'd come down for practice. And before we'd really get into the meat of practice, there was a series of drills that we had to go through, little stations that we had to go through. We had to jump rope for so long. And then we'd have to do defensive slides for a while. And one of the stations that we had to go through was, uh, was the, what are called dribble glasses station. Let me show you what this, what this is. You put these on. Oh, they break. <laughs> anyway, you put these on. My head's grown since I was in high school. <laughs> so you put these on and it's a shield to the ball, right? I can't, I can't see what's going on. So it improves my vision out onto the court. So I'm not, going like this all the time, trying to bounce the ball. So I'd have these glasses on, and then you'd go through all these dribble drills, and it would keep you from looking down at the ball. Why do I bring this up? Because I think most of us are guilty of wearing our dribble glasses (laughs) right here. And it keeps us from looking up. So we should have them here. They're blocking out the things of this world. They're keeping my focus up here where it needs to be. They're giving me the right perspective. I'm going to preach the whole message in these things. They, 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 they give me the right perspective. Does this look good, right? If you don't, if you could get through practice, this does wonders for your self-esteem, by the way, wearing these around. It's great. Anyway, here's what we do. We've got it here. And we, and it blocks us from seeing life from God's perspective. I believe if we're going to be successful at life, if we're going to be successful in our battle over worry, we've got to view life from a heavenly perspective. This life is so short. So short. And so we've got to make sure that we're viewing things from a larger perspective, an eternal perspective. And that'll help us keep our worry where it needs to be. And so this morning, hopefully, we're going to move our, we'll call them deity glasses, from here to here. So that we have the proper perspective, the proper view 
of life. And to do that, we're going to go back into an Old Testament book, the book of Psalms. So I want to encourage you to turn there. If you've got a Bible with you, look in Psalm 37, which is where we're going to be today. If you don't have one, I, they may be printed in your bulletin. Yeah, they're printed in the, in the uh, bulletin in front of you. Psalm 37. And let's see what David says here, King David, about worry. 37.1. He says, fret not thyself. There it is again, fret not. Don't worry. Fret's another word for worry. All through the Bible, every passage we've looked at in, in all three weeks of this, and there are many, many more, they all began with that kind of statement, didn't they? Hey, stop worrying. Don't worry about it. No worries. And so we just kind of resign ourselves to worrying, don't we? That's just the way it is. Life, you know, is about, at least in part, it's about worry. Or we say, I'm a worrier. That's what I do. Bible says, no, don't do that. Don't worry. Because it is hurting you. It's harming you. It's affecting you in a negative way. He continues and he says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, the psalmist, he's, David, he's worried about uh, some evil people, some mean people in his life and what's going on, how they're treating them, how come they're being successful. And so he's bent up about that. He's, he's got some anxiety about this. And God is telling him, don't worry about that. You need to have the right perspective about this situation in your life. Let me ask you this. What causes you to worry? I mean, as you sit here this morning, there's probably something in your mind, in your life, that's got you worried. Maybe it's a a career situation, you're worried you're going to lose your job, or you're worried you won't be able to find a job, or maybe you're starting a new job and you're worried about how that's going to go. Maybe it's something with your studies. I know we got a lot of students here, finals are coming up, right? A little anxious about that, or maybe it's a health thing. You know, maybe it's something going on physically in your life and you're, and you're worried about that. Whatever that is, whatever you have in your life, and we all have something. Whatever it is, there are things that, under, that are underlying that. Let me, I'm going to give you four this morning. Four little things that are underneath that worry. Wherever it is, whether it's school, work, health, uh, relational, whatever. These things are underneath all of that worry. So let me give you these four things really quickly, and then we'll move into how we battle these things, these underlying reasons. Here's number one. It's misconceptions about God or misconceptions of God. One of the things that causes us to worry in our life is we have all these misconceptions about God and who he is. In fact, many of us may think that God isn't all that concerned about our situation, that God you know, spun the, the universe into, into existence. He created everything and then he just is kind of letting it run its course. That's a fairly common view of, of, of cosmology, that God spoke it into existence and now it's just kind of going about its course. And so maybe you think that God is this disconnected deity that's in heaven kind of watching everything go on, but he's not all that concerned with what's going on in your life. Maybe that's you this morning. You don't think God really cares about you. Or maybe you're the type of person, and I've, I've met many of you, and I'm kind of this way, is we think, well, you know, God, you know, this is a little thing. I don't want to bother God with, with my little problem. I don't, want, I don't want to inconvenience Him. You know, it's just, I'll just take care of this one myself. 
He's got bigger things to work. As if God is limited in how many things he can deal with at once. We think he's like us, you know. He's got his to-do list up in heaven. Oh man, you are way down on the list. Aha, uh-huh. let me see. I can get to that in August at about 2 a.m. on the 15th. I'll be back. I've got other things to deal with. You know, there's the whole Middle East thing and all this. That's not the way God operates. God is not limited in his capacity to help us. First of all, I would say he's tremendously concerned with what you're going through. I quoted 1 Peter 5, 7 at the beginning of the message. Casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He does care. And so if you have that feeling, ah, God doesn't really, he isn't concerned with me. I would submit to you that the Bible portrays a different kind of God. He is concerned. And there's nothing too small in your life that he's not willing to help you with. You know what it all boils down to when it comes to worry and these misconceptions of God? It's how big is your God? How big is your God? How big is the God that you serve? When my God is big, my worries and fears are small. When my God is small, I get a little worried. When I live in a state of worry, and this may sting a little bit, but this is the reality. When I live right there in worry, I'm really living a practical atheist lifestyle. I believe he exists, but I'm living like he doesn't. I'm worried about this because, you know, is God going to deal with this? And I'm, and I'm living like he doesn't, he's not even there. And so we need to fix our conception of who God is, and we need to have a biblical view of God. That's the first reason we have worry. The second one is misplaced responsibilities. We worry not only because we have misconceptions of God, but because we have misplaced responsibilities. We begin to play God in our world. We try and handle everything. We try and control everything. We try and manipulate everything. Ever been there? Boy, I have. Where I'm trying to handle every situation and every circumstance and control every relationship and, and oh, they're mad at me. Let me deal with that. And, oh, i got to go over here. And when I do that, man, I get frantic. I become worried in my life. There are certain things in life, and we talked about this a lot, that are simply outside of the realm of my control. In fact, if, if we're honest, we'd have to admit that most of life is outside of the realm of our control, isn't it? I mean, we think we're in control, but when it comes right down to it, we're probably not as in control as we think we are. And so we've misplaced our responsibility. Some things aren't our job. They're God's job. You know, it reminds me of a story I heard one time about a, a stockbroker who always worried. And so one day he comes to his buddy and he says, I, I, I don't worry anymore. And he goes, really? Why? He goes, well, I hired a professional worrier and he does all my worrying for me. And the guy said, well, that's really cool. How much does that cost? $20,000. $20,000? How are you going to pay for that? He goes, that's not my job. He's got to worry about that. <laughs> and so <laughs> you serve a God that cares for you immensely. And many things, if not most things in life, are simply in His hands. And we need to give it to Him 
allow Him to be God, play our part, and allow Him to be God. Now, let me stop there for just a second, because whenever you talk about something like this, the, the, the tendency in some people is to run to the extreme and go, ah, we'll just throw up our hands and we won't do anything. Yeah, it's God's problem. God will deal with that. And, and, and because of that, we get a little lazy or a little lackadaisical in our life. No, God expects us to take care of that, which is our responsibilities. Those things in the natural realm. We do what we can. We seek treatment. We look for a good job. We are concentrate on being a good employee. We study hard for the test. Whatever is worrying us. We take care of our end of the deal, but then we just leave it up to Him. Those things that are beyond our ability to handle. Here's number three. Missed promises. Missed promises. Sometimes we in our life because... We miss out on the promises contained in Scripture. If, if we're honest, we, we might even say that we're ignorant of many of the promises contained in the Bible. We can't really trust a God or claim a promise if we don't know them, right? And so it's so important for us in our walk with God to get to know Him, to get to know His Word, to see what His Bible says about the promises. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of promises in Scripture that we can claim, that show us what's our job, what's God's job. And we can claim those, but if we don't know what they are, we miss them, then we begin to worry. Number four is misguided outlook. Misguided outlook. Or we could say it this way. We're naturally negative. Now maybe you're, um, maybe you're an optimist. Glass, bottle of water, half full type person. But I think most people are naturally negative. Let me show you. Got my uh, white sticky staples board. All right, this is going to be quick. Watch this. What do you see? A black dot, right? It's not a trick question. A black dot? Everybody? Black dot? Isn't that funny? There's a whole lot of white space. Here, isn't there? And yet, where's our focus? It's on the black dot. We naturally look to that which is wrong. We, we go to the negative. We jump to those assumptions that are bad. And, and there's so much more out there that's good, that's positive. And yet, our attention turns to that which is negative. We live right there. And it causes you and I to worry. Now, how do we overcome that? Well, the only way to have lasting victory over that in your life is to be made new. You see, Christianity is about, isn't about remaking who I am. It's about a whole new thing. Jesus says in, in second, or Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17, if any man has is, is put his faith in Christ, he is a new creature. God makes you new. Behold, old things are passed away. All things are become new. And so if we're going to have that positive outlook, a faith-filled outlook, we need that relationship. We need God to remake us in his image. And we're not talking about the po power of positive thinking. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about faith. Having faith in a God that cares for us immensely, and that can help us deal with whatever situation we might be facing in life. Okay, so here we are. We've got these worries. Whatever they are, different for every person. 
At the root, we have these underlying causes that, that allow us or, or enable us to worry. How do we battle it? How do we deal with it? We've talked about some things in the first couple of weeks. Let me give you some more this morning. Let's keep reading in our text in, in Psalm 37. Let's look down in verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. The first thing, one word, trust. How am I going to battle worry? Trust. Put your trust in God. If we could say it very simply, stop worrying and start trusting. That's where we need to live. Stop worrying and start trusting. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, God is your heavenly Father who cares for you immensely, and He's taken on the responsibility for caring for you and providing for you. And you need to live in the power of that. Think about that for a moment. He's taken responsibility for you. He is your heavenly Father. And He has responsibility for providing for you. Uh, Most of you know that um, I'm an adoptive parent. I have two adopted children from Korea. And uh, that whole process is such an amazing picture of who I am in Christ. Let me share it with you real quick. Carrie and I made the decision that we are going to adopt. And we adopted our two kids from Korea. Many people asked us, "How how come you didn't get a house for so long? Well, we decided to buy a couple of kids instead, you know. I know that's maybe a little, maybe that's a little pointed, but that's reality, man. It ain't cheap, all right? But we made that decision. We wanted to make that commitment, and so we did. And we purchased them, literally purchased them. Let these sink in. One day, we drove down to Philadelphia Airport. Many of you were with us that day. That was before they shut down the terminals, and you could go back to the gate And they came off the plane and someone delivered them to us and we took them from them. They were delivered to us. And then, after a few months, we went and they became United States citizens. And I have a document that is sealed by the federal government that says they are now a citizen of the United States. It is sealed. And now, under the law, they are my heir. And I can't do anything about it. (laughs) though I might want to, on occasion. Now think about that. Purchased, delivered, sealed, and air. That same set of transactions takes place in our life. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. He delivered you your sin and adopted you into his family. The Bible uses that verbiage. You are adopted into his family. He says he set the seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life as indication that you are his child. You are sealed with the spirit of promise, he says. And not only that, if you're a child of his, you are now an heir, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. Why do we not trust Him? I mean, we trust Him with our eternity, don't we? We say, yeah, He's sufficient to save me. 
and to give me a home in heaven. We trust Him with that. The most important aspect of our entire being. We trust Him there. But then we find it so difficult to trust Him in the moment-by-moment aspects of our life. That's not rational, is it? Understand that He cares for you. I love Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct thy paths. Who are you trusting this morning? Are you trusting yourself? I disappoint myself all the time. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure I disappoint you too. But I even disappoint, I even disappoint myself all the time. You're trusting in the government. You're trusting in a friend. Who are you trusting in? That is going to help us a great deal to have the right perspective. If we are trusting in Him, He says, look, if you're worried about this, trust in the Lord. Let's keep going. Verse 4. He says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The second thing we need to do is delight. Delight. Trust in Him, but also delight in Him. That's the ability to enjoy Him. And and I think that 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 our ability to delight and enjoy Him is really rooted in the knowledge that He is concerned about us and that nothing is beyond His ability to deal with. We need to focus our attention on what God has done and what He's capable of doing and less upon our negative circumstances, whatever they may be. I mean, we need, to, we need to look around us. We need to think back over our life and go, wow, look what God did. Look what God is capable of. He can handle my situation. He can deal with my circumstances. Enjoy Him. Job thirty-seven fourteen says this. God, speaking to Job, says this. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now let's personalize that. Hearken unto this, O Brad. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. And you could personalize that too. God is saying that to you this morning. Hearken, listen unto this. Listen to this, O fill in the blank. Stand still. Stop moving, stop manipulating, stop trying to control, stop worrying in the rocking chair. Remember that illustration? We're moving, but we're not going anywhere. Stop, be still, and do what? Consider His works. Look around. Look at your life. Consider what's around you. Think over the things, the blessings, the way that God has come through for you in the past and cling to that, knowing, enjoy that and know that He will help you through whatever you're going through. Now, the last part of that verse says, hey, he says that that we need to delight ourselves in the Lord and He shall give you the, the desires of your heart. That's a verse that I hear people quote a lot. Hey, just delight in Him and He'll give you whatever you want. Is that true? (laughs) Man, we'd be a bunch of spoiled brats, wouldn't we? Here's what I think happens. I think this verse is true. 
But here's what I think happens. As we begin to trust Him, and we begin to delight ourselves in Him, He changes the desires of our heart. So that we begin to desire Him. Fellowship with Him. Intimacy with Him. He becomes the desire of our heart. Instead of the, the things that are causing us to do this. Instead of the desires being what I can get, what I can obtain, it becomes Him. And I get the desires of my heart. Let's keep going. Verse 5. He says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Trust, delight, Thirdly, commit. Commit it to Him. This is done through prayer. We talked a lot about this a lot last week. We'll just kind of touch on it again because I think it's so important. This is done through prayer. As we cast our care upon Him, we're committing it to Him. We're giving it over to Him. Instead of pushing the panic button, we're giving it over to Him. Here's a question. Who's the first person you call when you have a problem in your life? I mean, you don't have to say it out loud, but just think about that in your life. Who do you, who do you call? Who are you going to call? Those of you children of the 80s. <laughs> who do you call? Spouse, friend, sibling, mommy and daddy, whatever the case may be. What if our first inclination was to call out to him, to our heavenly father, and say, God, I got this going on. I'm, I'm going to commit this to you. I'm going to give this over to you. I can't control it. It's beyond me. I'm going to commit it to your care, knowing that you care for me. I'm just going to leave it there with you. You know, if, if I had a if I had a 200 pound boulder up here, and I challenged each of you to come up and pick up the boulder and throw it 50 yards. I don't think there's anybody in the room that could probably do that. If you could, <laughs> I want you as a friend. <laughs> we couldn't do that, right? But if we're holding the 200-pound boulder, if we could even do that, all of us, all of us, every one of us in here could drop it, couldn't we? We could all do that. <laughs> Let go of it. That's where God wants us to live with respect to casting our care upon Him. We shoulder that burden. We're trying to heave it as far as we can. And God says, just drop it. I'll deal with it. Leave it here in my care. I'll take care of you. I promise that I'll do that. Let's look at the last one. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for Him. Trust, delight, commit, finally, rest. Rest. If I'm trusting, and I'm delighting, and I'm committing to Him, that's when I'm going to experience rest in my life. And I can wait patiently for Him to work it out. Boy, we don't like that, do we? (laughs) That's one of those verses you read and you go, rest in the Lord, yes! Rest in the Lord and wait Ooh, patiently. I don't like that. No. 
And so while God is working in our situation, you know what He's doing? He's also working in you. He's building your character. He's making you more like Jesus because that's the goal. That's why we're here. That's what the Christian life is about, becoming more like Jesus moment by moment, day by day. And so as I'm waiting for Him, I've trusted Him. I'm delighting in Him. I've committed it to Him. Okay, God, all you, I'm waiting patiently. He's building character in me. He's at work in my life, making me into His image. You know, I'm never going to rest in the Lord unless I'm completely relying upon Him. I'm always going to have that little anxiety. I'm never going to be able to fully rest in Him. If you, if you go back into the beginning of Genesis and you look at the creation account, you'll notice God works for seven days, but then on that seventh day, it says something kind of unusual. It says He rested. He rested on that seventh was, was He tired? <laughs> you know? Whew! Is he like me? I was sweating up here playing worship and carrying stuff in. Is that God? Was he, was he tired? No, I think he's trying to teach us something about ourselves and about him. In fact, let's look at this. Look in Hebrews. If it's there on your sheet, look at that. Hebrews 4.10. For he that is entered into his rest, into God's rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Do you see that? How do I enter into this rest? How do, I, how do I get there? Well, you cease from your own works. You stop trying to control everything. I think I said last week that one of our biggest issues is control. We want to be in control. And when we're trying to control everything, no rest, no peace. But when we stop, when we cease from that, and we put our trust in Him, then we can experience, we can find the trust or the rest that we long for. We, we all long for this, right? We long for that rest. Every single one of us desires that. I mean, how, how many of us here, once a year, desire to just get away from everything? I mean, you got the, the surf, the sand, the sun, the little umbrella drink. You're just there on the beach, not a care in the world. Blackberry is, is in the room or left it at home. The iPhone has been turned off. The computer was left at the office. The, the kids were shipped away. You, you are there and you don't have a care in the world. You are just kicked back. Right? All of you are like, oh man, I'm going to go home and give on Travelocity and book my trip today. Some of you just got back from a trip like that, I know. We love that. But, what happens when you come back? <laughs> right? It's still there, isn't it? It's still waiting for you. What if? What if? What if we could have that type of rest on the train as we go to the city? What if we could have that kind of rest as we're sitting in the doctor's office waiting for those test results? What if we could have that type of rest and peace in our own homes? What if we could live there? I think that's where God desires for us to be. I think that's what God wants to do in our life. 
He wants us to enter into that rest, that peace, and not be hounded by the worries of this world that are pushed at us continually. Here's what I want to do as we do our challenge this morning. I want to invite you to join me in prayer. But as we do this, as we bow our heads and close our eyes in just a moment, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to have that thing in your mind, that thing that's causing you worry. Maybe there's multiple things. Maybe as we close our eyes, there's just going to be this flood of stuff that you're worried about. But, but at least one. Have that one thing in your life that's causing you to worry. So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. And I want you to think about that. I want, you to, I want you to get that one thing in your mind. That thing that's causing you anxiety, worry. That's causing you to fret. And as you have that in your mind, I'm going to invite you to repeat something out loud with me. Two sentences. With that thing in your mind, I want you to, I want you to say this after I, after I say it. We'll say it together. God has everything under control. Say that with me now. God has everything under control. Here's the second thing I want you to say. I can trust Him completely. Say that with me. I can trust Him completely. So we've got this thing in our mind, this worry, this thing that's causing us anxiety. But what we have to remind ourselves in this moment is God has everything under control. I can trust Him completely. Father, this morning as we bow our heads in prayer to You, Lord, you see every situation. You know every circumstance. You know what's going on in every heart here this morning. I pray, Father, that as we said these words, that it came out of a heart that truly meant it, that you have everything under control and that we can trust you completely. Lord, this morning, we are committing our worries to you. We are leaving them before you. They're beyond us. We can't deal with them. We can't handle them. We've done what we can do, but now we're leaving it in your hands. Father, thank you so much for caring for us and for being a God that just loves us so much and that is concerned with every aspect of our life, whether it's big or small. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we leave here today and you go about your business this week, I want you to take that thought with you. Because that thing's going to come back into your mind. The worry's going to creep back into your heart. The anxiety level's going to start to go up again. And when it happens, I want you to just stop where you are and think what we just said out loud together. God has everything under control. And I can trust Him completely. If we continually remind ourselves of that, you know what's going to happen? It's given us the right perspective, the right focus. I've given you a memory verse to even take with you, the one from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. All along life's way. This has been a great series. And my, my hope at the end of the series is that you could live by that motto, no worries. No worries. It's okay. God has it all under control, and I can trust Him completely. But I'm not so naive as to think that you can come here for three weeks attend a series called No Worries, and then all of a sudden, you just have complete victory over worry in your life. <laughs> I wish that was the case. 
But maybe it's the first step into a lifelong journey of victory over worry. So as we leave here and we finish this series, I want to encourage you to continually battle worry in your life. Don't let it get a stronghold in your heart. Don't allow it to get victory over you. Battle it. Keep God as your priority. Make Him number one in your life. Seek Him. Cast all your care upon Him. Leave the uncontrollable in the hands of the Almighty One. And then live life with the proper perspective. If we can do that, if we can kind of lean into God in that area of our life, I believe that He can help us to win the battle of worry in our life. Let's pray again. And then we'll have just a couple of announcements. Father, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Thank you so much for being a God, again, that's just concerned about us, that loves us, that desires to see us live a life free from worry. Lord, thank you for everyone that's here today. Lord, I pray that this series has been a blessing and that we have begun taking steps in our life to battle worry. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. All in the name of Jesus. Amen.